Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by the Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. The Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Luke Hancock. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Luke Hammer to, to be with us here uh, shortly. He is racing. This is what happens when you're one of those responsible people that has a real job and all that stuff. Uh, he's racing over uh, to join us here, but we'll have Luke uh, in just a little bit on a game day uh, reaction uh, to a – I don't know about the rest of you, but it's it's peculiar. I have, uh, I have picked up uh, an odd – different kind of unexpected reaction to last night's loss to Duke. It's been a year where uh, I, I obviously it's been challenging. It's kind of uh, worn on everybody. It's been difficult. Uh, it, it's I, what Kenny Payne even described it as miserable. I think uh, this season uh, and somehow we've gotten to the end where Louisville loses a game last night on big Monday against the Duke team. That's uh Look, they haven't been as good as I think maybe some of the preseason hype, but there have been some reasons for that. Louisville loses by what, 17, and I've hardly picked up an ounce of anger or frustration or the usual things that we have seen for far far worse losses or you know, more challenging games uh, perhaps uh, to watch. Even uh, a game, you know, Louisville, after getting off to a pretty good start, kind of wilted a little bit in the first half and then was never able to get it closer than than about 10 for the almost the entirety of the second half and I've it's just been weird to me to pick up not a lot of anger from just about anybody when people it seems like people have been angry about just about everything uh, that has gone on with uh, this basketball team this year and I'm genuinely curious why folks maybe think that that is or if they think I'm even right I mean I, I yesterday we hardly even got calls at all. I know yesterday was a holiday, and that that is a factor. But we hardly got any calls at all after a, a win over the weekend and a good win and a good event. And obviously when Luke's here in just a couple of minutes, we will talk uh, at length about the the events around over the weekend and honoring the 2013 team and all of that. But I really have been surprised that to hear so little – uh, reaction. It, it certainly feels like I think I've heard Rummage and Blankenbaker say this at least a little bit. Uh, 
over the last few days that it, it feels like there's kind of this mental moving forward to to next year in a lot of people's minds even as Louisville did some good stuff here the last couple of games there's been I think there's pretty obviously been uh, some signs of improvement but it certainly does feel like there's just kind of a doneness like you can see the end from here and no I, I don't think we're going to get any fresh levels of outrage from anybody but if I'm wrong I mean, by all means, I would love to hear from you today. So if you're just thrilled with the way that game went last night, and I'm, I think I've learned this year there are people who are okay with that. Uh, if you are livid or if you're anywhere in between, I really would love to hear from folks uh, today. Get some measure of kind of people's reactions to this one because this one I feel like no matter how you have thought about this team this year, you got whatever you were looking for last night. If you're the, you know, just kind of a hardcore true believer, Louisville did some really good stuff in in, in a, a loss that was that ended up being. I think we have to be honest. We do. We have to like the, the 17 point margin or whatever it was at the very end wasn't really reflective of a game that Louisville did not let get away, and that it also uh, represents, I think, at least a little bit of progress. But they still they went out and lost by 17 to a team that hasn't been world beaters this year although uh, everyone recognizes that's a team with a ton of potential and Louisville did some good things on the offensive end in this one and had a miserable I think defensive performance in this game they they didn't defend hardly anything well uh in this one against Duke and I think in fact it was kind of frustrating the most frustrating part of watching the game last night was watching it seemed like a just a very very ready Duke team. Like they were prepared for what Louisville might do offensively. They shot 54% in the second half, Duke did. Uh, to to never really let Louisville make that game uh, all that competitive. And it was uh, a very balanced defensive or offensive effort from Duke because everyone was, was sort of on the same page. I mean, Proctor was four of eight from three, but you had – Leading scores for Duke last night, 14, 13, 13, 12, and 10. And that group of five or six guys with Whitehead playing 27 minutes, only scoring five points, but just sort of seemed to be a step to a, a step and a half ahead of Louisville the entire game. And it's it's just been funny to watch people who are you know, furious over uh, games that mean less than, than playing Duke on Big Monday uh, – and it was a little bit, I don't know, maybe the best word for this is something of a reality check last night. You know, I think that Louisville had played hard and had played pretty well against teams that have some vulnerabilities. And Duke is a team that's kind of going in a different direction. I think they are just now healthy. Obviously, John Shire is sort of growing into the job, much like we're seeing Kenny Payne sort of grow uh, on the job here. He's obviously got a lot more to work with, but... They're getting healthy. They're sort of rounding into form. And just just a yeoman's effort from Louisville wasn't going to be enough to make this one close. And that's what they did. And may, maybe a good reminder that, you know, against a team like Clemson or a Virginia team that plays very slowly, uh, the Miami game I think is what it is. I don't think you can – I don't think you can diminish that one as much as perhaps some of the other ones. But oddly enough – this felt like Duke took this game very seriously. And I think it's about Louisville. Like, I think John Shire, I would imagine, I feel like it's probably a lock, 
that they heard nothing but you cannot take this team lightly. Don't care what their records are. Look what they just did. If you still want to be a tournament team or perhaps play your way into a you know double buys in the ACC tournament or something, if you goof around, Louisville's going to have a chance to beat you in this game. And it outside of the first few minutes, Duke was pretty pretty much in control of the game. I thought Louisville got off to a pretty good start. It, it, I never felt like it was one that they were going to be able to sustain. And it seems like big-time upsets like that don't really start that way anyway. You get out to a big lead and then try to hold it. It's usually I'm more encouraged by a team that can, that can go into a game like this and go kind of toe-to-toe, keep it close, and, or go back and forth and just not seem to be terribly overwhelmed by the moment. And I didn't think that that's what was happening. I thought Louisville shot the ball well to start, couldn't keep it up. And the thing that has defined, unfortunately, this Louisville team this year, well, maybe make it two things, but they turn the ball over like crazy, and they're just not a very good defensive team. And unfortunately, against a team like Duke that was at full strength, uh, for Louisville to go out and commit 12 turnovers and 11 assists, it's not the worst turnover margin or the worst turnover number Louisville's had uh, this season by any stretch of the imagination, and 12 turnovers to 11 assists is actually pretty good for this team in context in terms of the turnovers to assists uh, in a game. But they have a knack for committing turnovers at the worst time on top of committing a lot of them when the other team sort of seems to get the ball rolling and get this thing sort of going downhill. Louisville does seem to have something of a knack for committing a bunch of like a bulk bunch of turnovers at once. And last night was really no different. And so I think you get to the end of the game. And my feeling on it was it, whatever you have wanted to or whatever you feel like you have seen from this team all year, you saw in this game last night. The emergence of some things that I think they feel comfortable with and confident in on the offensive end were true. I think Louisville did some things on offense that they would feel pretty good about. On the defensive end, they they couldn't stop anything. And For Duke to have 19 assists on 29 made shots in the game, I mean, they picked Louisville apart, and I, I think we saw Louisville try to pick up three-quarter court sometimes. We saw Louisville go with a zone sometimes. Uh, and Duke was almost always, once they settled down like five minutes into the game, Duke was a, a step or two ahead of Louisville in terms of passing, moving the ball around and that sort of thing with the way you're supposed to kind of manipulate a defense. They did a, all of that the whole game. And the, I think the reality that kind of set in for really, the I think the entire second half was even as Louisville would would do some good things, get a couple of productive possessions in a row, you never for a moment thought that they would be able to string together enough stops when Duke had the ball to ever be able to fully erase a deficit that I think bounced around between 10 and 17 for pretty much uh, the entire second half. So Louisville loses to Duke. 79-62, they are now 4-24 and 24, uh, on the year. Obviously, when, uh, when Luke is in, we'll, we'll get into this uh, in a lot more detail. But that leaves you now with three games left, two of them away, one more game at home. You're going to face Georgia Tech on Saturday. 
You'd like to think you have a chance uh, in that one. And then you get you come home for senior day for one more home game for Virginia Tech. I would hope that folks, regardless of their feelings about how this year has gone, will show out uh, for that one. And then you end the year uh, the the worst way possible at Virginia on senior day for them. And I, I you know going back to teams that I have thought a lot more of than this one, they have never played that end of season game at Virginia well once. I can't recall that trip to Virginia on the last game of the season ever uh, going well uh, for this team. So uh, a pretty disappointing effort uh, for Louisville with some things that I think you can pick out and like about it kind of at the same time. And so I'm kind of curious what what, what, what folks think about uh, this game last night. Uh, where Again, where Louisville loses uh, 79 to 62. couple of guys in double figures and L. Ellis and J.J. Trainer, and then a lot of kind of bit uh, throw-ins from just about every other person uh, on the roster. We even had a couple of uh, minutes for, for Devin Ree at the very end of the game. But none of it, I think, sort of blew you away. Uh, even as you, I think you give them some credit, I still think it's the case that there was they never checked out in this one. And I do, and I mean this. This is not like damning with faint praise. Uh they have, I think they truly have made progress in staying dug into a game because last night's game, to me, felt like it had every opportunity in the world for them to just pack it in. And more times than not, I think we turned around and they would get they would cut the lead back down to 9 or 10, 9 or 10 over and over and over again and then not be able to go any further than that. But I think it's I think it's fair to say that even as recently as the pit game a couple of weeks ago now, when that thing got there, they did let it balloon, and the ten point lead became a twenty one point lead, became a thirty one point lead, and that you you know you would get I think some some garbage time concessions on, on some of that, but overall, it was very ugly at times, and they didn't do that. So some reasons I think for encouragement sort of embedded in there. But by no means anything that I think you sort of feel like celebrating uh, after you lose this one. I hated that Duke threw a couple of baskets in there at the end, because without needing to sugarcoat any of this, I don't I don't feel the need to. It wasn't as lopsided as seventeen points makes it sound. It wasn't. It it was it was more competitive than that. But it wasn't close either. Louisville was never, like, just about to maybe make their move. It just hung, kind of hung safely around 9 or 10 for most of the half. But depending on what you think about how this team is playing and how this year has gone, I think you kind of saw what you wanted to see. I would agree. I didn't know if you uh, even knew I was back there, Mark. But Well, there you are. Yeah, waiting on my, uh, my intro. I do now. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, man. First thing, the, just the fact that the spread was 17 and it worked out that way, I just got a reference at Vegas knows. I mean, there's just something going they on. I, I thought when I saw that line with how well Louisville's been playing, it's like it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right at all. Uh, and then it just works its way into that 17 right near the end of the game. Because like you mentioned, a really a 10-point game or so with maybe three and a half minutes left. And I don't think the score is very indicative of how well they played. Um, you know... They went out and battled. Uh, I think it was a bad matchup. I think that Duke got to watch film against Clemson, and you're spot on when you talk about there is just no way 
that Duke is going to walk into that game and not feel like, hey, we got to bring our best. This team just knocked off a team that spent most of the season as number one in the ACC. They played fantastic. We have to make sure, especially defensively, we are there. Um, and and they, they went out and executed. You know, I thought Lively was really good protecting the rim and finishing around the basket, flipped it his thing. It was it was a really well-rounded game. Jeremy Roach, when they needed a big bucket, he, he found a way to get in the teeth of the defense and make a good shot. Uh, and, and Louisville, you know, we talked about this over and over again. I just think the way that they're not shooting themselves in the foot over and over again has given people a little bit more confidence. It's still... You know, Ellis drives and just kind of falls down and gives the ball up and they go down and get a layup. There's still way too many points off turnovers. Yeah. But there's also dramatic improvement the last few weeks. You know, I, I listened just for a second as I was coming in here. You referenced the Virginia game. You referenced the Miami game. Like, they looked dramatically better. And they looked dramatically better down the stretch. And to your initial point about, like, how people feel, I'm anxious to see what, what – uh, or hear what people are going to say because – like there's no difference if you win three games or four games or six games. Like, yeah, you, you know you're not making the tournament with that, right? So, it's all about kind of how you feel about the last few weeks of this season. And now that we can really see the light at the end of the tunnel and the ACC tournament's not very far away, you just want to f- you want to feel like this team improved. And I think that is the ultimate check mark because people have kind of decided that hey kp didn't have a real opportunity or at least not a full opportunity to build his team right you at least are going to say there were some things hanging over his head and i think even the people that are so dejected by what they've seen on the court and and don't think kp is going to work out they've still you know your your tone has to at least kind of get in the in the ballpark of hey he didn't get a full chance these guys improved through the year all right let's see how the offseason goes let's see what happens when we get to the end of the season and also, like, you know, these guys battling it out on Saturday night and going and getting a huge win like that, you know, just to to do that and have the environment be what it was, to have fans be there supporting them and for them to play that hard and that well and, and have that kind of reaction, go get a big win. I think people are like, man, you know, these guys have been beaten down. If you show them a little love, they'll play better. Is that part of it, Mark? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's possible, Luke. I-, I think, you know, one of the things that has come through kind of loud and clear down the stretch here is that very often, uh, anytime we kind of worst case scenario things where we say like a team is just, if it's bad now, it's going to be so much worse later, that, that that quitting or that snowballing of the negative never really materializes like we fear that it will. And that at least a very big part of why it never materializes is because the guys are still busting their asses. They have their limitations. They're never going to be way more than any of us have seen this year. It's not going to be like this magical thing where they just sort of find some other gear or what have you. That's over with. And to whatever extent you ever really thought that might happen, you probably were, were overly optimistic as it is. But they, they also have not just mailed it in. No, no, not even close to mailed it in, and, no. and I, th- I think they're getting better in, in in many areas, but it is still, you know, we've talked. God, Luke, we've talked so much about like this does or doesn't represent Louisville basketball or look like Louisville basketball, or what have you. It's still very difficult for me, who has been spoiled by you and teams like yours. Maybe not you. Sorry about that. 
by defense. The, it, the, the way that Duke was prepared for everything and the way that it seemed like it wasn't even like they were making tremendous plays. They were just making the smart right extra one pass, but that Louisville was just totally out of position because everyone had to help everyone. You know, they don't, they don't stay in front of people, Luke. And, and when you are selfless with the basketball, you end up with what Duke had. It's like 14, 13, 12, 12, 10 or whatever from their starters. Yep. And you get 19 assists on 29 made shots. It just sort of seemed like they chewed Louisville up defensively. And that, 27 games into the year, is still very hard to watch. Oh, big time. Big time. It, you know, you've, you've kind of transitioned like through the, I guess, phases of this season about what's really killed this team. Yeah. I, and I, I just – I'm so much better. I'm in a better state of mind watching this team if defensively they don't make the second and third rotation to give up too many open ones versus, hey, we're just going to hand you the ball. Like, I don't know, man. I just got a few text messages here that somebody sent me a laughing face that KP just didn't have time. And their last text into the show was, seems nearly impossible for KP to flip this roster and get enough talent to compensate for his lack of coaching experience. So you know exactly where this person texting is coming from. But, you know, the, the fact that there is some level of improvement, how does that not give you any level of confidence? And, you know, he goes out and gets a guy like Okorafor to come in. He started to trim down his rotations and figure out, hey, this, this person's just not giving me enough. Sidney yeah. Curry playing eight minutes. Right, Roosevelt Wheeler in and out of the lineup. What are you giving me that week? How can I try and incentivize these guys to be a little more consistent? I just have to realize, like, or I don't think everybody should realize this team has gotten better. Like you said earlier, maybe not all the tools in the toolbox to go on some kind of crazy run, but the improvement is so much easier to watch. You know, I'm thinking about the holiday tournament where they got to go play, you know, Arkansas and Texas Tech. And they just got throttled, man. And they didn't have any response. It was bad turnovers. It was getting dominated in the paint with the boards. It was, you know, it was one thing after another that just yeah. made you think, like, man, they didn't even have a plan. And then, Mark, how do you not look at this and think things have gone better? I'm just going to go through this month, okay? Just this month. Louisville starts out the month. They get a 10-point win against Georgia Tech. They battle it out with Florida State. They lose by three. The pick game is the one where you look at it and you say, man, that was awful. I thought they got punched early, and they just kept taking punches no and set on the ropes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. No punch back. 91-57, uh, to 57, absolute route by Pittsburgh. But the other games, Miami, the 19th-ranked team in the country, you lose by eight. You know, you're in the game in the, in the right there down the stretch. Virginia, same thing. You lose by three points to the number seven team in the country, right there with the three ball to tie it up late in the game. Just missed it. You beat Clemson by 10, who, again, has spent much of the year atop the ACC. And then I think the Duke score is a little inflated, um, emotional kind of highs with that Clemson game to a letdown, certainly, to lose by 17. But it was better. It was better than Texas Tech. It was better than Arkansas. It was better than Cincinnati. So I think there's been this this dramatic improvement right now. Now, again, I'm not saying this team's going to make a run and win the ACC tournament or anything like that. This is still going to go down as one of the worst seasons in UFL basketball history, if not just easily the worst, but they're getting better. There's been positive things. And so your initial point about, I feel like people are more okay with this 17-point loss than they were with you know, whichever one you want to go to. But I know I'm not, we're not chasing moral victories, Mark, but how could you not look at this month and think, man, this is dramatically better than November? 
And for a first year coach with not his not, not the real tools that he's looking for, like I just think it, it makes this season kind of have a little bit easier, you know, taste to swallow, if you will. Well, I don't know how many times, Luke, I've said this year that like that everyone I think would feel better, the tone would sound better and different, the um, the anger would be lessened if it at all looked like this. You know, it, yeah. the Virginia game, I know we felt that way, or the Miami game. If you basically like from the time period you just mentioned, from the Florida or the the Georgia Tech win forward, if the whole year had looked like that, they're not four and twenty four. Now they're still five hundred at best, but like you know, this team, how they played last night or how they've played in the last couple of games, they don't start zero and three with those terrible three losses. No way. Yep. You know, they they probably find a way to beat Syracuse earlier in the year. You know, like they win some more games, and it just looks more like what we expected. And so maybe we're going to get to the end of the year now, and it's going to be a lot more conversation about like how did we get it off to such a bad start? But that is better than how we felt, you know, post-Kentucky or early in the ACC schedule when it was like, I'm not sure he knows what he's doing. It, it just doesn't look like that now. And I, obviously I realize it's like the most mundane and low of levels to pass. But you know, when we were having serious conversations about what in the world are you going to do at the end of the year if it's like this at the end of the year, it doesn't. It doesn't look like that right. at the end of the year. And I wish it would have looked like this from day one. Absolutely. And he does need to have like some some public pronouncements to make, perhaps after the season, about how things sort of got off the way that they did. But there's no question. Like last night was just they're not good enough to beat Duke. But it wasn't they don't look like they don't they don't they don't belong out there. And they did look like that early in the year. They don't look like that anymore, no matter who they play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um I, I think that's well put, just that this team has made strides. They're still doing things where it's like, man, if you guys could get out of your own way with, you know, this Olay defense, for example, man, rotate, you know, communicate. That's probably the biggest thing in watching practice this weekend is they don't have the little things that, that help you in those, those moments of adversity in the game. And what I mean is like, if you are scouting a, a team and you know they're going to run this high ball screen, there's going to be some action on the weak side where there's a flare, or there's a lob, or whatever it is, right? Young teams are inexperienced teams that haven't won. They, they get through that first action, and then they relax. Like, all right, we knew what was coming. We're good. But that's not how great teams beat you, right? They move the basketball. There's a continuity aspect. They get into the next action and the next action. And it's not the first rotation that beats teams in the ACC. It's the second, the third, the fourth, where you just got to keep rotating and keep talking and keep, you know, really having your teammates back over and over and over again. And they just haven't gotten to that point where they trust each other enough, where they're a together enough group, where they communicate enough, where they can get to those second, third, fourth rotations. And that's what Duke did, man. They, they followed the game plan. They got in the paint. They were very patient. They kept working the basketball. They were smart with when and where they drove the basketball. So, you know, like I said, you ran into a buzzsaw, but the product looks dramatically, dramatically better. And just a couple um, texts here. I actually agree with a lot of these in terms of, hey, we still need to see what happens, right? Like somebody said we whiffed on two players uh, after the cloud had been lifted. We got to see it to believe it. I, hey, man. I totally agree with texters and callers who are going to say this season 
and the talent here, I think KP had enough time to bring in more than this, to have a better product than four wins. I'm okay with that. All I'm saying is, let's give him the the full opportunity here. Let's give him no restrictions, no clouds. Like this offseason, I'm I'm in the same boat as the people are saying, I gotta see it to believe it. Because KP has to do a really tough job, and that's totally revamp this roster, bring in new talent, new energy, and then you have to get the buy-in that these guys fully trust you because that's how you win, and you have to get that right away. So you don't have you know, Virginia, for example, who brings back four starters, who does an overseas trip, who plays three games in the NIT, and they come back and, oh, they go from not making the tournament to the sixth-ranked team in the country right now. You don't have Clemson who brings back those big three guys who have been in the program for three, four, five years to come back and and change the culture of your program. Now, hopefully you have what Pitt has, right? Jamarius Burton, Nike Sabandi, who, who probably will make a run at six man of the year in the ACC. Like, those two are the only holdovers from Pitt. But they were great holdovers. Like, Jamarius Burton is a dude. That's the mentality that you want for a Pittsburgh team or a Louisville team. I am so anxious to see what KP does in terms of these hard conversations that are about two weeks away, in my estimation. Yeah. Because, like, I've, I've been there. I've not been there when you're, you're, you know, having a really tough season, but the things you have to work on, and even, you know, we got to win the most games in school history my sophomore year. I had the, the conversation with Coach L about what do we need to work on? How do we need to grow? How can I help, you know, make my teammates better and make myself a better basketball player? I had it with Rick every single year, right? And some of those conversations are really tough. I never had one where it was like, hey, you just didn't live up to your end of the bargain. You got to go find somewhere else to play. And I know that conversation is it has so many new dynamics with the transfer portal and with NIL, but I am ready to see the action. I'm ready to get to the end of the season because I want to see what he does. How, how do you motivate, whether it's L. Ellis or Mike James or – Whoever, Roosevelt Wheeler, J.J. Trainer, how do you have those conversations with those guys and either get them to say, hey, what we did this past year, we weren't working hard enough, we didn't have the right attitude, we weren't hungry enough, we didn't play with enough desperation. Who does KP go down the line and say, all right, you can sell me that you're going to pick it up. These other guys can't. I cannot wait to see how he has to you know, piece this thing together. It's going to be really interesting. and It'll show you, I think, how KP really feels about this first year. If we have KP from the beginning of the year where he says, hey, you know, these guys have been through a lot and they need to heal and it's going to take time and et cetera, et cetera. Or is it going to be, you didn't play hard enough. You didn't live up to your end of the bargain. I wanted dreamers and you're a dreamer, but you're not a doer. Time to go. Like, I can't wait to see all the dynamics. Probably some of the staff, I love all those guys and they were so phenomenal this weekend. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything there. I just... I, there's got to be a lot of changes, and I can't wait to see them, Mark. What about you? Yeah, same here. In fact, I want to talk about that very thing. Uh, in particular, though, I think the things that maybe have emerged, because I think there was probably, Luke, a time where you've been like, I don't care who comes back or who doesn't. Like, flush them all if you, if you want to. And now I think you feel like, all right, there are some things to work with here, and I want to talk about those on the other side here. We'll take your calls, your texts here. Also, uh, want to talk to you a little bit uh, at some point today about this weekend's festivities. Oh, yeah. How that, how that was for you guys. The the incredible things that are now beginning to leak and become public about what's going on in Alabama. And uh, the the darling of at least one of our texters and Nate Oates, 
uh, who stepped all the way in it uh, today uh, in a terrible situation. Somehow has actually managed to make that worse uh, for everybody. Uh, and, uh, and Jeff Wall is going to join us at 4 o'clock as well. Uh, awesome. So we got a full one here. Plenty to talk about. We'll open up the phones on the other side here. On the drive on Nathanville. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Luke Hancock. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Luke Hancock. Luke, I know we have an old, old drop of you saying that at some point uh, you guys are going to do something to sort of fool me into just letting it rip with one of these songs. Was that the one? That is one I could do. Yes. Like start to finish. There's... I don't want you to tell anybody when you end up doing this. Someday you're just going to be feeling it, and you're just that intro music is going to hit. It's going to happen. The beat's going to drop, and you're just going to start spitting. Someday. You're so right. Someday. You're absolutely right. Also, uh, something that we do need to pull up from back in the day is the immediate reaction from lifetime contracts. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> we got to, this is going to take some digging because we've been doing this a long time, Mark Ennis, but I did say. It was the beginning of the end. and You those sounded the alarm immediately. 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 And, you know, although they've, they've had some big wins, Kentucky beat Tennessee. They're, they're certainly still in the hunt, still fighting. But it's just been uh, it's been very shaky. Those guys have been on edge ever since that lifetime contract happened. And they may not have known it immediately like I did, but I think in, in the ripplings, the after effects, they need a good little tourney run this year to, to you know, get that bad taste out of their mouth. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right uh, about that. Uh, Luke, I did want to uh, quickly mention, and and I'm not – this is not a reflection on anybody who is a fan of him as a coach because I think Nate Oates is is having a moment, uh, uh, good and bad. But this season, I mean, they've ascended to number one. You know, it's a a big deal there. They play kind of a cutting-edge, you know, super modern style. Uh, They're fun to watch. He's gotten really good players there. And I know a lot of Louisville fans are sort of pining for the next guy already. I've loved Nate Oates. And, Luke, he's in the midst of taking a very, very, very bad situation and making it much worse. And for those who need kind of a reminder here, Darius Miles uh, on the team got injured, and then it was uh, discovered – in the midst of so him beginning his rehab or what have you, that there was a murder on campus for, uh, for which he provided the gun to the person who shot a, a young lady and, sh- and just senseless killing uh, of somebody. And he was immediately dismissed from the team. It's now come out today, Luke, that their superstar freshman, Brandon Miller, was also involved in this, although not charged with anything. And what Nate Oates did is like the thing that coaches have a tendency to do every once in a while, which is to just say something that shows you don't talk to real people that very, that often, do you? 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but when asked about the fact that we now know from text messages that Brandon Miller, the star freshman for them, I think at one point, Luke, he was the only true freshman in the country in like the top 100 scorers in the country. Like He's really been stellar uh, for them in a year where there haven't been many freshmen like that. Yep. That he provided the gun to Miles, who provided the gun to the person who committed the murder, and that they knew this. And here's what Nate Oates said today. We knew about that. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are, are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. That's Nate Oates' quote. Luke, that's atrocious. We, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's a great way to describe it. We might have to find the sound from this simply because if you haven't seen it, He's very he's sitting up there and, and he's in, Nate Oates is a high energy guy. He looks like he's got a nervous twitch, but the way he approaches this whole situation, like I'm almost wondering why you guys are asking me about this. Like we yeah. didn't we already handle this? Yeah. So that that really seemed to be his demeanor, which makes it Here. so much worse. You got it, Mark? I have it and I'm gonna James, I am sending it to you. So we are James, I just sent you the link with the video and it will pull it back James up. James looked ready second. to go right there. You might have just okay. messed him up because yeah, I, I sent it to you. You, you don't uh, have it, right? No, not yet. Okay, okay. I, I sent it to you, so you can pull that up here in just a second. Yes, Nate Oates seems put out by this whole thing. And look, it, what an odd situation and what an odd thing, what a terrible thing, I think, for a coach to say, uh, to just be this blasé and be – again, Nate Oates didn't do it. Brandon Miller didn't do it. But you're the coach – and this is your player did do something that we didn't know about prior to now, which is provide someone a gun when they asked for it and it was used in a murder. That's a look at this. Sometimes I feel like coaches get into coaching and then they become sociopaths and it's not their fault. It's like, <laughs> I all, don't know. well, maybe it is, but like they get into it. They don't, they at least they don't, you know, how sometimes you hear people say like touch grass and they're kind of dismissive, but they're like, you're so not involved in things normal people are involved in. Look at how you sound and look at how you look and how you're behaving. Right. That I feel like that about coaches sometimes. They're so in the competitive bubble and everyone around them is very reactive to everything that they say and anticipates and everything that they might ask for and they interpret everything they say in the best light possible that when they talk to regular people, they're like, yo, you're really weird. <laughs> and that's how this feels to me. Well, first thing I'll say to that comment about they interpret everything in the best way. If you're winning, right? Yeah. Alabama, that's right. basketball has been phenomenal. You referenced a lot of stud young guys. They've got the veterans that are, are just quality. They've got leaders. They've got shooters. They've got athletes. They, they have a great basketball team. But what an incredible misstep. And when we initially heard about this, I thought it was really ugly. It was a really bad situation. But to think that Nate Oates was just going to have this kind of, I guess, conversation with the media and it was just going to be over with and he was going to approach it like this. Like, let's listen to the sound first. Here, here's Nate Oates at the podium talking about Brandon Miller and company. Yeah, I mean, we've known the situation since and we've been fully cooperating with law enforcement the entire time. I mean, it's the whole situation's sad. I mean, just think of it. We team close practice of a prayer for the situation today. Again, knowing that we had this trial today, I mean, you think of Jamia and her family and Kane, really think about 
or some cane that was left behind. So it's sad we did we knew about that. I mean, I, you know, can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor has he any trouble type of trouble on this case. They went on spot at the wrong time, so we'll we'll address it when uh. I'm sure NBA scouts will ask they do their homework, but yeah, I'm going to think the article that it came out and also stated Brandon's been interviewed. He's, you know, they're comfortable with everything that they have in there. Ugh. And I apologize. I usually try and be very quiet when we're playing those clips so that you don't hear my reaction but some of the stuff i'm just like what are you thinking man and and you reference just like how these coaches live in their bubble i get it we're at the end of february right there's two three four conference games left trying hyper focused on the end of this season but man how out of touch is this guy i mean first off the details that are coming out to what i'm hearing at least is that brandon miller was texted hey bring your gun to this spot and that spot a young lady a mom 23 year old ends up getting shot and killed and nate oates has the audacity to say we prayed for the situation and brandon miller's not been in any trouble and he's not in any trouble now like i don't know if it's just common policy to have your college basketball players not own a gun or at least not be a delivery boy for a gun for a murder but you should certainly be a little bit more accountable with this situation as the leader of these young men than he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I am baffled playing that and just, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. And it, yes, I, my gaffe was that Alabama has shooters. I'm sorry that was not well put and it was not intentional for this. You guys know what I mean. Yeah, that, no one's trying to make light of no, this I wasn't uh, at all. A couple Absolutely, of texters hit me quick. But. That is a uh, – I mean, reading it was bad, hearing it was just as bad. You know, I, self-awareness, I think this is where coaches are are not nearly enough in front of mirrors, you know, and have yeah. somebody around them that will tell them, you sound like an a-hole when you say that. You can't possibly – like, this is a crisis – so this was a, a capital murder that happened a month ago. And you're not better prepared to either talk with at least pretended human sympathy or just not do it. There is, I know it might not, it might have frustrated, you know, media or what have you, but it's perfectly okay to say, I'm a basketball coach. This was a terrible murder. And I really am not comfortable talking about it until the legal process has had its chance to run its course with everyone involved. What's wrong with that? Right. And what, if you're like in charge of NATO's, let's say you're the AD, Mark Ennis, are you not equipping this guy with something? Something more than wrong place or wrong time? I mean, you're not, you're not talking about, I need to have some serious conversations with my young men, and I need to be a leader. And it, I loved your point. Like, if you're just thinking about a PR space, if you're the AD, that is exactly how you approach it. There's a process here. It, this is a horrible tragedy. Our thoughts and prayers are with this family and this young woman and her kid. We need to find out more details, but we know that our players were in the wrong in some capacity. We're going to figure it out. We're going to find out. We're going to grow from it. We're going to learn from it. 
you know, something not, it's not our fault. Wrong place, wrong time. We, I don't know why you guys are even asking this. Well, right. It's and, crazy. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've, I'm super sensitive to just as I get older is when people kind of restate or they say something that, and that make it sound like it's your position, but it's clearly not. And he says, you know, Brandon didn't know that could happen. Nobody knew that was going to happen. Okay, well, there, there aren't, like, pedestrian uses for guns. Right. So the range of things you thought might happen when you brought your friend your gun, are none of them are friendly. But no, that's not the standard anyway. It's, oh, he didn't know he was gonna, his friend was going to do Okay, my bad. Sorry about that. Like, that's, that's idiotic. He just sounds ridiculous. And the thing that, I think that kills me about this, Luke, is this is going, oh, God, this, that's me using a you know what I mean? I wasn't trying to say that yes. either. Yes, uh, another gaffe there. Yeah, but like this, what gets me about this is you a, a murder include you know by with with an like an accomplice that was on the team and perhaps the second one who's not going to be charged at least right now uh, on the team. Third, right? There were three guys there, three players yeah. there. But this is look. This happened on January fifteenth. He was arrested. The actual shooter was arrested, and the Darius, uh, Miles. Darius Miles was was arrested as well. They announced and had a press conference for and everything a gigantic contract extension for him on February second. Fe- like, why are we doing this? I'm not saying that they should fire him or anything like that. I'm not saying he even did anything wrong necessarily, but we got to run out there and two weeks after you, a a team involved murder happens, we got to give this guy a giant extension. And make sure everyone knows that they're cool with it. What an odd, what the heck is going on down there? NATO's just slapping his AD in the face with this whole situation. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're fortunate enough to be rolling with Alabama. I mean, their basketball team is playing great. And this tragedy happens within your team, quickly dismissed. Like in the last week or so, we haven't been talking about Nate Oates. Yeah. Right? At least with not about this particular incident. We talked about Alabama being a great basketball team, but for him to just, like you said, just not be living in the real world. Again, coaches get in their bubbles, teams get in their bubbles, and they are hyper-focused, but this is just so detached from reality. And a, a texter after we played that clip, and I, thank you for pulling that up, James, because I thought the tone said so much, and the, the texture just reiterated. Like, you can tell by the way he sounds, he's just not interested in this. It's almost like he's being bothered with these questions and how can you be a leader of young men, especially very impressionable young men? You know, you're, you're a high-level recruit forever, and you've been told you're the greatest thing since sliced bread forever. You know, sometimes coaches have to – they got to bring you back down to earth, right? Like, one of the best things – I got to L. Coach P made it out that I was going to be the greatest offensive player of all time. If you only knew the ways he humbled me <laughs> – if you only knew the other side of that, like he uses the media well, but it was, you know, keeping you humble and hungry all the time and being a, a real leader of young men. And just to, to see that reaction from Nate Oates, I'm just hopeful. I am praying that internally it is handled so much different than what we've seen kind of with this public display of like, I don't care. I mean, that's my, that's my hope. That's my prayer. It does make you worried about what in the world is even being said. What's prioritized in that locker room? Especially, Luke, I think, you know, he gets his giant extension and they, you know, ascend to number one in the polls 
while all of this is happening and it it has the the gross gross feeling of a team realizing look this is a wide open basketball year in college basketball there's not an obvious favorite they're one of the best teams in the country and they feel like they can win a national championship this year and they don't want this little old murder to muck up you know a once in a lifetime kind of chance to win something really big i can't it's not i don't know for certain that that's what they're saying but luke man it sure feels like it anytime someone's blase about something this big that it's just sort of like yada 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 i want to get back to the basketball and you know what like, if you're the number one team in the country, like either the Texas situation or the Alabama situation, you know what would be like the right thing to do if you're a coach, if you're this leader of young men? It would be to make this a huge deal, right? It, when you make a mistake and you're a, a really good team, the worst thing I think you can do is try and say, well, we're winning. Like, it doesn't matter. We're focused on other things, right? Like, you. Number one, your responsibility is to you, – you're, you're now dad for so many of these kids. You're now this, this father figure at least, right? Yeah. And so how are you going to make Brandon Miller a better young man? That's how I would have gone to the podium. How can he you know, realize what happened? Not – yeah, he doesn't need to worry about it. He's, not, he's never been in trouble. He's not in trouble now. Even though he brought a gun, supplied the ammunition, brought the gun to a murder – and they're just trying to like wipe it to the side. Winning gets these coaches in just like another world. Yeah. I feel like. I, the, I think we have seen more than enough proof, not just NATO's, but from all sorts of coaches over the years that yeah, uh, holding on to their jobs slash money and winning, it's such a it's almost a disease. You know that they can distort reality to make themselves okay with whatever they do or don't do or put up with or don't put up with. Uh, to to not blow these chances when they come, uh, and NATO, it's, it's bad look, bad bad look uh, for him. Yeah, uh, and it's this. You know what? It has the potential, Luke. When he says "wrong place, wrong time," I can remember. I think maybe late '80s. There was one time some Florida State players got in trouble, and it's just like any other rivalry. Like fans on the other side are always paying attention to what they do when that happens. And the, and I think Bobby Bowden somewhere in the quote just kind of used the phrase. He was trying to say like, "Look, this isn't good, but it's it's not like it's this outlandish behavior. Boys will be boys," is what he said. Yeah. And, and and it became shorthand for him not really caring when his players do bad stuff. And NATO saying wrong place, wrong time. Like it has that kind of feel to it, and it yeah. has that kind of potential to where, you know, th- this is an intense rivalry down there, and basketball success. They're both new money as hell. Auburn and Alabama both when it comes to college basketball. He has not heard the end of wrong place, wrong time. No, no, right now. no. What I can guarantee is that this is going to be ripped apart by national writers, people this, recruiting against him. Oh, this is going to be talked about. A long time. Maybe not by Nate Oates. Maybe not by Alabama. They probably will want to push this behind them. And a, a texter in, it's Alabama. They've been covering stuff up for years with the football team. This is no surprise. Another text talking about uh, Nate Oates was one of the coaches being discussed at UofL. I don't know how serious that was at any point. I think fans talked about him. I don't yeah, think anybody right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, bottom line is just what a misstep. Um, the timing of that extension – it seems like a slap in the face back to the AD. He's got a lot of work to do here. You know, it's nice to have great players, but when your players are getting in trouble, like if Brandon Miller, 
I don't know, falls out of the lottery because he brought a gun to a murder, that's going to be a big issue. And Nate Oates is going to have a hard time, not just because Brandon Miller falls in the draft, but getting the priorities straight with, with recruits, excuse me, and just his program moving forward, I think is going to be a lot tougher than, than people realize, or that, at least that he realizes with how laissez-faire he was at that, that podium. Yep, I, I, 100%. This will be, you know, painted, like this will be used against him, you know, for a long time. Yeah. We are, look, we're so far removed from Charlie Strong having core values. Do you remember that? When Charlie Strong had core values, and one of those core values was just unequivocal, no guns, no guns. None of like one of my core values. None of y'all are having guns. No guns. We're so far away from that, man. And it's, it's crazy. Like that seems like such an obvious thing, but maybe that needs to be put out there. Maybe I don't know if it's an NCAA rule or not, but but certainly something needs to be said. Hey, this is not a good idea. Don't bring a gun to when a buddy tells you, "Hey, I need a gun," and you're in Alabama, you're in Tuscaloosa. There's probably not good intention behind that. Like, I, I don't know. I've not been to Tuscaloosa often, but there's not, like, hunting ground a couple miles off campus. Yeah. You know what a, what the gun is for. Exactly. And, yeah. and for him to just pass over that and act like it was absolutely nothing is just crazy. What happens to guys, even in this kid's future, again, I hope that the locker room conversation very different than the podium. What has happened to NBA guys who bring guns in locker rooms? What happened yeah. to Gilbert Arenas? Yeah. You know, he went from agent zero and, and the scoring champ to yeah. bye-bye. I mean, he was totally out of the league, like snap of the fingers. You know, this this is just where you need to be a leader of young men, and there's nothing about that podium that I think doesn't get used against Nate Oates for the foreseeable future because this is just – it's gross. It's gross. It's you're, Listen, I don't have anything to add to what you said, Luke. I think you're 100% uh, right, and I'm glad we got to, to talk about that because yeah. I know he's been a guy that uh, – that a lot of folks have talked about sort of is like the next big thing. And if Lou, you know, Lou will break the bank and get him that sort of, and they, when they do stuff like this, you're like, man, that in, in a place like here, you know, th- this would be everywhere. And oh. he, look, if he was Louisville's coach, we'd be killing him for saying this too. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's not <laughs> remotely appropriate for any coach to be saying this in any situation, but especially this. Yeah. What, if you're the AD, you know, I think we kind of miss this on some of our conversations sometimes. Well, like what happens next? If you, if you're the AD or if you're Nate Oates and you kind of see all the, the – I mean, he's going to get a lot of noise from this. What, what happens next if you're in you know, a leadership position in Alabama? What do you want to see? Uh, well, I'm going to chew his ass out, first of all. <laughs> it's a good start. That's yeah, a good start. I mean, like, we, we just gave you this giant extension. You're one yeah. of the top ten paid coaches in the country. Why don't you not step on this rake for the whole country to see? Yeah, wait a couple weeks before, we, uh, before you just throw us right under the bus as a university. I don't know. By the way, some like I'm at, we could talk to the AD or something. Like, did we really have to do that giant extension two weeks after this happened? They couldn't wait to the end of the year. Like, did we really? We had to do it right there. Someone just isn't focusing on humans yeah. in any of this. Uh, and, and if I'm him, look, Nate Oates, if you're not ready for the prime time, not ready for the big time yet, cool. Don't talk. Right. Be, be a little quieter. Have a prepared speech or something. Even though I hate that, I'm, you want coaches to go up there and be authentic, but. One question like about – a texter just um, sent this in, and text line's been blowing up today. And the funniest text is probably, hey, I didn't know this line could respond because I've sent a couple back. Oh, but, yeah, same here. Uh, we will. We will. Just keep them coming. But they just simply said, it, are, am I wrong as well? But I didn't think you could have guns on campus. I don't – yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, Luke, I, I'm not – you know, 
not a surprise to you that I'm not an attorney, and so I don't know these things, but it seems like I don't know what's true about Brandon Miller's situation that he's not necessarily on the hook for any of this. And I'm not rooting for anyone to to get into any kind of legal trouble. No, but you you understand the connection uh, that it sounds right now. Like you supplied a murder weapon is is you know again I'm not an attorney either, but that's how it seems, right? Yeah, and if I'm Nate Oates, if nothing else, like it might not be against any rules, but man, my got my my guys are just like passing a gun back and forth at two a.m. At exactly right, Tony Dungy, you know, you know the 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 saying. Like it's it's crazy that's going on. And if if I'm the AD, I would like to know, like Nate, what the hell, dude? Like what what are we doing? Yeah, do we need to get in there and set some guidelines for you on this program? Is that what's happening here? We should have added that into the contract extension. So I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of questions. It was just handled so poorly. It's gonna, in my opinion, I don't know how. In what world this does not get uglier and uglier, at least in the you know short term here. By the way, a good friend uh, into the uh, personal text line. We want authenticity from our coaches, unless they're a holes. And, and <laughs> Some sometimes they tell us who they are. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, I would have brought Chuck Strong to the podium every second, and I thought he was a guy who cared so much more about the type of leader to the young guys versus winning. People may disagree with that. That's fine, but. You know, in my experiences with him, that's a guy you want up there. Nate Oates, not so much. Terrible story. There's not going to be a happy ending out there, and it's one of those you either handle it right or you make it worse. And that's uh, it certainly seems like that's what uh, yep. what Alabama Fuel to the fire. Uh, has done. I know we're getting close to the top of the hour, so I think we're, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, Jeff Walls uh, will talk about a guy who does not handle uh, any of these situations, uh, and he has a team that's – beginning to sort of round into form as we start talking about the actual sports uh, again we'll talk with him on the other side here we, luke we haven't had a chance to do that very much uh, this year it just hasn't worked out so i'm looking forward to that on the other side here on the drive on i found the ball